When God said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, will I seek. I believe it's time to seek the Lord. God spoke to me, he said, I'm not a quitter, and my children are not supposed to quit. You shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Influence Church, how good is that? Can we just give it up for everybody who makes Sundays happen? Come on, let's give God, most importantly, He, our Heavenly Father, Son Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. But man, we have an amazing team. And uh, thank you so much for Pastor Phil and Pastor Tammy, our senior leadership. And uh, it's a big honor to be here this morning. And uh, so we're going to keep them in our prayers. And also, just uh, I know this week, it's been a crazy week, right, as a nation? And just what a timely series that Pastor Phil was speaking on the last few weeks. And if you haven't had a chance to get the book or the, the audio, please do so. It's available in our lobby or you can get that on uh, if they have the digital downloads and the audios and all of those things. So make sure you get that. It's just timely, especially as what we're going through with the nation or as a nation. And just what an amazing week this week. Uh, you know, it's like even Pastor Phil said, it's like last week you think, man, can it get any crazier? And then it's this week. And it seems to in some ways have done that. And even our president uh, continued to keep him in our prayers, and, uh, but he got up this week and made just an amazing announcement, right? How many of you are excited for a president who fears God? Come on. I'm s- we can point out the failures, but we can also point out the good things, and the amazing thing about him is he fears God. And to announce this week that Sunday would be remembered as a day of prayer for Texas, right? And uh, just the devastation that we've seen there. And uh, to pray for the, the men and women that are there serving and the volunteers. I mean, they've come out in droves, right? Yeah. So can you just agree with me? And let's take a minute as we just agree with our nation. And I think it's so timely. Pastor Phil's message last week, and he said of Second Chronicles 7.14, where it says, If my people who are called by my, my name will turn from their wickedness and seek my face, God, that's even us on this day that our president has declared that it is a day of prayer for our nation and those that are serving God, that we would repent and turn of our wicked ways and turn towards you. Where we've challenged just so many institutes that God has ordained as a country, it just takes one but to repent and say, God, have mercy on us, and it will, it will move the hand of God. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father. In the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ, we come before you today thanking you so much that we can be here in a nation where uh, we can freely worship you, God. And we thank you and we give you all the honor and the praise that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God, and we declare that the Spirit of the Lord would continue to have uh, just free reign in this country, Lord. Uh, 
Just lead our leaders, Holy Spirit of God. Lord, lead uh, in our communities, lead in our families, lead in our marriages, Lord God. And Lord, we lift up Texas to you right now. God, where there seems to be so much uh, physical devastation, Lord, we ask that it would turn people towards you, Lord God. That, Lord, that it would be a declaration, God. I'm even reminded as it, was, as it seemed like the rains may have stopped, but they continued to pour down, that you said the latter rains would be greater than the former rains, God, and not the physical destruction, but, God, that there would be a spiritual rebuilding, Lord God, that there would be a spiritual revival that would break forth in Texas, Lord God. Lord, as those men and women put their hands to the things that, that they have brought, Lord, if it's a boat, if it's uh, tools, if it's whatever, God, that they would just, there would be a spiritual prospering, Lord, Lord God, in Texas. And I thank you that it would manifest itself physically. But God, we pray for salvations. We pray for people to know you, Lord God. We pray for the church to rise up as we know that you have declared it to, Lord God. And we thank you for this opportunity, God. We agree with our nation. We agree with our leaders. Lord, bless them and keep them, God. Make your face continue to shine upon us. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Let's give God some glory. He's in, he's in our nation. And so uh, today, if I could title my message anything, I would call it in over your head, right? Has anybody ever been in over your head? Maybe you're uh, not ashamed to raise your hand like me. I've been in over my head. But uh, maybe, there's, maybe you even find yourself in that place today, in over your head. And uh, I just really want to, um, I want to start with a story that happened a few weeks ago. And I got up this morning and I was putting on my shoes and my wife actually makes fun of me sometimes because she's like, how do you pick out your outfit? And I say, I always start with my shoes, right? Foundation up. <laughs> I'm getting somewhere. So I put on my shoes this morning. And as I looked down, I was like, wow, the last time I wore these was a crazy Sunday for me. And the last time I wore these were a few weeks ago on a Sunday. And we were, of course, busy as we are at Influence Church on Sundays. We get up early. We get here. Uh, we're just, we're partnered with our teams to make uh, Sundays happen, but most importantly, we're partnered with God in prayer, and we're just, and it's a long day, and it was the first week that we did the prayer, the prayer meeting. Who's been out for the, for the Sunday afternoon prayer, and just what an amazing turnout we had? Amazing, and I think we can do better than that, right? Come on, let's give God. Just a side note, there's one thing that has always stood out to me about Influence Church, and it's uh, that we are a church of prayer. And Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. And I want you to know, prayer goes first before anything. Here, seek first the kingdom of God and all of these things will be added unto you. And so we're here at the prayer meeting and we were invited after that to go to a baby shower. And of course, I didn't have time to go home and change. My wife had already went to the, to the baby shower with uh, our two kids, Abby and River. And it was a swim party. And my kids love to swim, and they're amazing swimmers. Uh, Abby's four years old, and one day she decides she's going to take off her swimmy, and she's like, literally last night we were swimming, and she has taught herself how to dive. Like, I've never tried to teach her. She just is like, Daddy, watch what I've taught myself how to do. And I don't know how she did it. Literally, she just is like, I'm like, well, that kind of looks like a belly flopper, but maybe lead a little bit more with your hands. So they love to swim. And we get to the baby shower, and, and our kids are swimming, and several of the families here from the church are he, uh, at the baby shower, and we're just having a great time. We're fellowshipping. And the, and the amazing thing is that there's just such a peace at the house that we're at that it, it's, it's the kids are swimming, and the, and the parents are kind of talking, and everything's going great. And, of course, uh, River, as he is, he's, he's kind of all over the place. He's full of energy, and he comes out of the pool, and he's like, Daddy, I'm done swimming, and so I take off his swimmies. And uh, River's two years old, so he still needs his swimmies. And he, 
he needed a diaper change and some other things like that. So I get his diaper changed. And the next thing I know, he's like, Daddy, I want a piece of candy. And so I'm like, okay, go get a piece of candy. And I'm talking to one of the other dads. And I'm standing uh, probably just a few feet away from River. And he gets into the shallow end of the pool. And I'm like, cool. River knows how to hold his breath. River's, you know, he's all right. And this pool is amazing. I've never seen a pool like this before in my life. There's like waterfalls upon waterfalls. And, and so River is like, the, the shallow end is pretty big, right? It's more like a lounging end of the pool like you could put a chair down in there and just chill all day so river's there and he's walking and all of a sudden i'm talking to this one dad and i'm like river is going to step off of the shallow end into the deep water and i just said it right in the middle of our conversation i don't even remember what we were talking about but i'm like river's going to step into the deep water and as we're talking i kind of disengage from the conversation i don't know what he was thinking but i walk around to the edge of the pool and i try to get closer to river and he's so far out away from me that i really can't reach him and I'm like, sure enough, boom, into the deep water he goes. Now, the thing is, I've watched River swim for really a year and a half now. We put them in the pool whenever they were young. You know, you put them underwater and you get them used to it. And I, River can hold his breath. And so I watch River go underwater and I watch him come to the surface and the top of his head comes right to the surface of the water. And I, I just paused. It, was, it is the weirdest moment. It's one of those fathering moments that you you're terrified of, but can I say I can honestly thank God for this moment. So I see River come to the surface of the water and I pause for a minute and I can see he's holding his breath, but in the midst of this chaos, there's this sense of peace and I see his, I'm, I'm thinking, is he, gonna, is he gonna try to push himself out of the water or is he gonna, what's he gonna do? And for seconds that seemed like an eternity, he stayed there. And I, as my dad reflexes go, okay, he's not going to do anything. But I noticed his eyes began to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And the amazing thing was they seemed to have locked right on me. This pool is, this pool is massive. And the, his eyes seemed to have found my eyes. And it felt so out of control but in control. It was crazy. And of, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, no, he's not going to surface and I can't reach him, so now here I am, and I just full off, uh, jump into the water. Just like I'm dressed now. Just like I'm dressed now. My car keys, my pocket full of whatever's in it, my phone in the back pocket, my dress shoes on, and I am standing in the water with River. I pull River up, I put him on the edge of the pool, and everything inside of me is screaming, what are you doing, right? We've all been there in those moments where it's like, but the responsibilities, I feel a partnership in it. Like, what in the world, right? How did I let him go without his swimming on just for two seconds around a swimming pool? So I, I push that back down, and I say, River, look, I know we're having fun, but I need you to help me out, buddy. When we're around the pool, make sure you grab Daddy and ask him to help you put on your vest. And River looks at me, and like nothing ever happened, like, cool, Daddy, how'd you get here? <laughs> Takes his starburst, and he has the audacity to kind of flip it in his mouth, like, cool, we got this, right? <laughs> Like nothing ever happened to him. And I'm standing in the pool still. And he's out of the pool with a bathing suit on. <laughs> Needless to say, I had white pants on that day too. So I wasn't sure what was going to happen with my white pants. <sighs> God, has a, God has a fun way of humoring us. But the rest of my week, I couldn't get it out of my mind. I'm telling you, honestly. I thought of all the horror stories of opportunities where parents, for some odd reason, they weren't able to be there. And I said, God, I thank you for the opportunity to be there. 
I thank you for the opportunity to, to intercede as you would for us, right? Because that's really what he did. He didn't just say, well, I hope you get it all figured out on your own. I hope maybe you just, you know, your instincts will kick in, right? No, he didn't do that for you and I. He jumped in full on with everything that he had, his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. That's the God that we serve. If you've ever been in over your head, know this. You have a God who loves you and he cares for you and he won't let you in that place. The crazy thing that I couldn't get out of my eyes was the picture of River's eyes meeting mine. And if you've ever been underwater, right? If you've ever scuba dived or if you've ever swam with a pair of goggles and went under the water, and I did it last night just to make sure that I wasn't just out of my mind, but you really can't see out of the water, right? The reflection on the surface of the water almost makes it impossible for you to make any sense of the objects that are beyond the water. And for whatever reason, it seemed that there was this communication between River and I, and I really believe that it just gives glory to God that he communicates on a spiritual realm, in the spiritual realm, and it seemed that there was this sense of peace in the midst of all of that chaos, and his eyes seemed to lock on mine. I want you to know something. Keep your head up. If you've ever been over your head, keep your head up, because God, you may not even know which direction to look in, but I'm telling you, keep your head up. Keep your spiritual head up. Keep your emotional head up, and keep your physical head up, because there's a God who can help at any moment at any moment. So today, we can have the altar call now. No. <laughs> you can go home early. <laughs> but that's not, really, that's not really what I've come here to tell you all about today. There's a little bit more. Um, today, talking about in over our head, Jesus with his disciples, you know, Jesus walked with his disciples, and many times he, he would, his disciples would watch him help people get out of in over their head, right? And Particularly this situation that I want to bring to your attention is in Luke chapter 11. And I'm, I'm not going to go over all of these verses. So if you've got your book, your Bible, lay it open with you uh, as I've got mine laid open. But I'm just going to hit some important things on this, in these verses that really stood out to my attention as I just really couldn't get this out of my head, me personally. But I really think some even things that have happened this week as our church, uh, and I'm going to shed some things on that, that we've helped individuals get in they were in over their head and we helped them get out. Even as a nation, I believe God, you know, in the midst of all the turmoil, he's helping us to get out of being in over our head. And so Jesus is, he's there with his disciples. And one of the disciples came up to him in the beginning of Luke chapter 11. And he said, Jesus, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray, right? One of the keys that we need to understand about helping individuals get out of in over their head is that we have a relationship that we have the opportunity to have a relationship with God the Father, with our God who sent his son Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit, that whenever we come into these relationships uh, that may come across our path throughout the week, that we don't have to stand there empty-handedly, but that we can actually have something to offer them of hope and of love and of faith. Amen? Because Jesus would do that, and his disciples finally, it was just burning within them. And the amazing thing is, is that one disciple asked him, everybody say one, one, when you read the word of God and you see instances where it's like, why did you say one, God? Why is it important? Why is it important for me to recognize that you just, that you only referenced one being the one that asked? And I can tell you this, there's power in one man's prayers. There is power in one woman's prayers. There is power in one, in one person's relationship with God if, you will, if we will not be afraid to help out our brother or our sister. And so his, his disciples said, would you teach us how to pray? And of course, we're all familiar with the Lord's Prayer. But when Luke referenced it, when Luke gave the testimony of what the Lord taught him how to pray, he said a few things that I want to bring to your attention. He said, uh, our Father, 
And we all know that the importance of us recognizing our Heavenly Father, right? Our Abba Father, our Daddy God. Just like River and I, there's that relationship between a father and a son, between a parent and a child, the same way that there's ultimately a relationship and an empty void in our heart that we have for a Heavenly Father that only He can fill it. And so He said, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on heaven, in heaven, so be it on earth. If you read it in the King James Version, Luke referenced it as in heaven, so be it on earth, right? As in heaven, so be it on earth. Our heavenly father is in heaven and he's not ignorant or he's not, uh, he, he isn't distracted by other things. He is in heaven and he's desiring it to be done on earth as in heaven, but he's looking for individuals that will be that, that gap between heaven and earth in the name of Jesus Christ and then in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so he says, as in heaven, so be it on earth. And Pastor Phil did an amazing job last week of just giving us that picture. Who caught, whenever he said, our place of residency is like Amazon at the warehouse pushing out orders, right? Our place of residency in heaven is to be, God, yes, I'll do that. Let's go. We're here pushing out the prayers of God. We're here helping God to accomplish his kingdom come and his will being done as in heaven, so be it on earth. And the next thing that he said is, Lord, give us day to day our daily bread. We know the one that I memorized at least growing up was, Lord, give us our daily bread, right? But Luke caught something. Our day-to-day daily bread. I want you to tell, I want to tell you this morning there is a there is a source and a supply. There is a God who will help you in every instance and second and circumstance and situation that you go through in life. That day to day, it's not just my daily bread. Once I've asked you, God, we're done. I'm on with my life. No, it's every instant of every day and every circumstance. God, I need you. Heavenly Father, I need you, and I need the substance to get me through that. Listen. Uh, you're going you're gonna to get up tomorrow and, and there's going to be things that, that are going to happen, right? There's going to be things as we journey through life that are going to happen. And God is a God who wants to be with you every second and every situation and every opportunity of your life. It's not so that you're empty-handed. He wants to be with you so that you're full and overflowing in ability and power and anointing of the Lord God Almighty. Amen? And so I want to fast forward as we know the rest of the prayer. The reason that I want you to bread, right? Our day-to-day bread, our bread. Because the next part that Jesus gets into in Luke chapter 11 is he says, after he's taught his disciples how to pray, how many of you, know, how many of you are grateful for God that not only teaches you, but then he shows you how to apply it, right? Because Jesus gives them the gist of how to pray. And can you imagine, just put yourself in the, in the disciples' feet for just a minute. They've watched Jesus talk to the Father like they had never heard anybody before. They watched Jesus exemplify a relationship with God that baffled their minds. And now they're saying, now one of them is saying on behalf of all of them, teach us that. Teach us that. We want to know how can we have a relationship. Teach us to pray. And they even said the only thing they knew how to reference was like John the Baptist, right? The person who had the greatest amount of God up until that time was John the Baptist. And they're like, we don't even know what to compare you to, but teach us like John the Baptist. And Jesus is like, all right, let me teach you how to do this. And then he says, here, let me show you how to apply it. And he starts to tell the story about a friend. How many of you have a friend? How many of you have a friend? How many of you need a friend? I'll be a friend. (laughs) We all need a friend, right? When we're in over our head, 
do you have somebody you can go to? When you're in over your head, do you have somebody you can ask for help? I want you to know something. You have a God that you can always, he is closer than any brother. He's closer than any friend. Jesus Christ said, greater love has this. Greater love has no man than this, and he would lay his life down for his friend. Jesus Christ is the friend of friends, but it, it does help through life to have a friend, right? And God is in that, but he's also in the friendship and the relationship. And Jesus goes, who of you being a friend? In Luke, starts around verse five. Who, you, who of you being a friend? Go to your friend at midnight. Now, how many of you know this person better be a friend, right? If you show up at my house at midnight, you better be a friend. He said, who of you being a friend can go to your friend, that friend that he's saying you're friends with, at midnight, and you can say to him, help me for a friend of mine. Now, if you notice what's going on here, it sounds like the third partner friend isn't even kind of in that initial relationship, right? If you had like friend A, friend B, friend C, like friend A and friend C don't even know each other. But this friend says, because you're my friend, I'm showing up at your door at midnight and I'm knocking on that door. Man, that's pretty rude, right? That's pretty rude. This better be desperate. This better be like, I need some help. So the friend says, friend, wake up. For a friend of mine on a journey has come and will you lend me three loaves of bread? Will you lend me three loaves of bread? So you can kind of see their friendship. He says, lend, right? If, I, if you ask me for some loaves of bread and you say, I just want to borrow them, I'm going to say to you, trust me, just keep them. Don't bring them back when you're done. I don't want that end of the bread. I want the good end of the bread. So the friend is asked of his friend, I'm in bed, and now he's beckoning from my front door well, it sounds like he's about to beat my door down. He's asking me for bread. And I said, I asked myself as I was reading that, God, why did you say three loaves of bread? What's so important here? Why three? Why wasn't it just bread? Why wasn't it just, but he said three loaves of bread. The important thing that you need to know about bread and the number three, let's talk about the number three first. The number three symbolize, symbolizes fullness, right? Fullness. The Trinity is complete with God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ came, and as the Old Testament offices of the prophet, the priest, and the king, Jesus fulfilled it all. And now Jesus is standing here saying that if you being a friend, have a friend that comes to you and asks you, I need fullness. I don't just need something small. I need it all, right? How can, I'm going to empty my bread drawer out? No, no, there's something that we need to have to offer this world that we can't, we can't conjure it up on our own that it's only God moving in and through us. The friend asked for three loaves of bread, right? The friend asked, I've got a friend who's on a journey. Now, I want you to look at this friend who started this whole instant, this scene. The friend who's on a journey, right? In the Middle East, in arid regions, it's common in the Bible times to travel at night, right? It's hot. We don't have air conditioning. Man, it feels like we're in Florida today. <laughs> like, is this Southern California? In arid regions, this was the time that they would travel. You would travel at night so the heat wouldn't exhaust you. You would travel at night so you could, uh, you could get there safely without dehydrating. And so this friend that came to his friend and said, hey, I'm on a journey and I need some bread, there wasn't anything that was odd about that. 
That could actually have been expected. But the thing that was, the thing that the friend that was really the instrumental piece of connecting the, the, the need to the source was the one in the middle, and he, he sensed the urgency, right? He sensed the urgency so much that maybe he even ran back in the house and said, honey, is there anything that we can give them? Right? How many of you have got a great wife that you can turn around and say, honey, is there anything that we can give them? We're grateful for those. Turns around and maybe, they, she, they, sweetheart, there's nothing here. We've already eaten all of our bread. Like the nights, the nights our kids are asleep. Like, no, like, and he gets it on his clothes and he runs out the door. And in the urgency, he goes to his friend and he knocks on the door and he says, I need some help. And the friend says, no, no, it's late. And it's way past my bedtime. My friends or friend, my kids are tucked in bed with me. The house is dark. Like, I'm not going to get out of bed. So your relationship merits the request. Okay? I want you to hear this this morning. Your relationship merits the request. But persistence gets the answer persistence gets the answer this morning. I want you to know that. When we look around and we see a nation that in some ways looks to be over its head, many times we throw in the towel and we say, well, I'm not sure if you didn't hear me, God, but I want you to know something. Relationship merits the request, but persistence gets the answer. Maybe you've even would say that about your relationship with a spouse. God, I don't know if you heard my prayers, but relationship merits the request. Persistence gets the answer. Don't you give up on that. Don't you give up on that. There's a God in heaven that is believing with you to stand in that. Maybe you would say, well, I don't know about my son or my daughter, but God, it doesn't seem like you've heard my prayers. It doesn't seem like there's any answer coming my direction, but I want you to know something. Relationship merits the request, but persistence gets the answer this morning. And not only today, but for those that would come to you and would ask you for help in a time of need, relationship merits the request, but persistence gets the answer. Because this man wasn't satisfied with just, the, just this no that his friend offered him. He knew he had everything that he needed. He knew that everything was inside that door. And so he kept knocking and he said, listen, this is urgent. I've got a friend who's come to me and I'm not gonna send him away empty-handed. He's on a journey. He has a hindrance. He has something that's, that's holding him back and I know that you can supply the need and you can help and you can restore and you can do what only you can do. And the Bible says because of that friend's persistence, the man got up out of his bed and he gave him everything that he needed, that he needed. Maybe this morning we find ourselves in a place of almost giving up. And you've heard Pastor Phil say, don't give up. The moment you give up is the moment that could be your breakthrough. Don't give up. Persistence, persistence. Even in the midst of the inconvenience, trust me. The last week, we had the honor of hosting, we had the honor of hosting a memorial service for one of the, one of our heroes in our community. And I was greeted at my office door a few weeks ago by a woman who's familiar to many of us here at Influence Church, and she's a part of our women's ministry. And there was with her two LA County Fire Department individuals, fire marshals, and, and I'm in awe of 
what's going on. And I'm like, okay, I know you, but I don't know you two. Why are you two here? What have we done wrong? Is there like a crack in our concrete that like we need to level out? You know, I'm thinking, what could this be? But they asked us if they could hold a service here for their loved one. And as inconvenient as it was, and I even had said to them, like, there's probably a better time for us to do this. On the weekend, we have a marketplace ministry and there's just cars everywhere and you're asking to put big giant fire trucks like on our property. And I mean, there was, and they stayed persistent. They stayed persistent. They said, this is where we want to have it. This is our home church. This is, this is the days that we would like to have it because this is when the most people can be here. And can I tell you something? It was an amazing move of God. Influence Church, you were able to wrap your arms around Anaheim Hills and this community by this building and by an amazing team. And for those of you that came out and helped put that on, the Spirit of God was in this place. The Spirit of God was in this place with a gentleman who had passed away way before his time. And two young men, and I hope that they're here this week, I hope they're here today, but we were able to embrace them in love. We didn't just stand from on top and say, let me help you up, but we jumped down in right on their level and we said, let me put your arms around you as Influence Church. Can we give it up for what God is doing in our midst, Influence Church, in Anaheim Hills, in Anaheim Hills. There were many people that came in and out of our doors that said of just what they had encountered, they didn't even know how to put words to it. The Spirit of God spoke through every speaker that was here. It was amazing. Tears were, they actually sang one of our songs that uh, the worship team um, had produced. The, the song we sang the other week, Kingdom. Do you remember that about the Father? They sang that song. There wasn't a dry eye in this room. We didn't just say, hey, I hope something comes along to help you, but we put our arms around them and embrace them. If you're in over your head, there's a God who can help you. But I want to ask you, are you a friend who's lending that hand? Are you a friend who's saying, God, I will be your hands. God, I will be your feet. God, I will be your mouthpiece. Wherever you place me at in society, wherever you put me at throughout the week, I will be who you have called and purposed and missioned and gave me a vision to be, Lord God. I will be that person for you. And so Jesus goes on to teach the disciples. And can I be honest with you? That's tough, right? That's tough as a friend. That's tough as a friend sometimes. But then Jesus goes on to say, if you ask and if you seek and if you knock, he gives us these three things. And so today I want you to focus on these three things for just a minute. To help us in our relationship with God, we need to understand that God has given us the ability to ask, to seek, and to knock. You know, you ask for something that you wish, right? Your kids ask you for something for Christmas, Maybe you're at the age that you're still asking for Christmas presents. If you are, oh, I'm at that age. I'm asking that. Anyway. <laughs> you ask for something that you wish, right? And I really, when I said, God, why did you put ask in there? God said, what have your kids asked you for? They ask you for birthday presents. They ask you for, ki they ask you for Christmas presents. You ask the Father for something. You ask the Father for something that you wish. Something that in many ways seems to be out of reach. And now, and actually in James chapter four, it says, when you ask, sometimes you don't get because you ask for, with the wrong motive, right? So we need to first off understand that we need to ask with the right motive. We need to be asking in faith. We need to ask without doubting. We need to ask for wisdom, right? 
The Bible says, ask for wisdom. He gives it. The Father gives it without holding back to the person that asks. We need to ask knowing that he's going to answer. Jesus said, if you will ask, God will give you the answer, right? So we need to know that in the power of our prayer, in the power of our relationship, and in the opportunity that we have to help people up, sometimes it's a simple prayer that you can grab them by the hand and say, let me pray with you. Let me pray with you. This week, I caught news that there was a gentleman, a young man about my age by the name of Noah, and he's fighting the fight of his life right now. And I felt God say, the thing I need you to do is go with him and ask. Just go with him and ask. Continue to believe and thank me for sending the answer because the Bible says when you ask, you will receive. Jesus said when you ask, you will receive. And then the next thing he said to his disciples and to you and I today is he said, seek. Seek. You know, you seek for something that you lost, right? I don't seek for something that I don't know about. I seek for something that I lost. Because of the fall of man, there's been a loss of relationship with God. And we're those individuals that have found that. And there's a world out there that's seeking for that. And it's, we're part of the answer. Because Jesus said, if you will seek, guess what? You will find. If you seek, you will find. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 that if we will diligently seek the Lord, it's impossible to please God without faith. But those that believe in him, diligently seek him. We've got to be diligent in our days. The seconds that God gives us, they're actually not ours. We've got to be diligent to say, God, I desire to see you move through me. And if there would be one person that I would cross this day, that my path would cross, help me to buy, a, to, maybe it may be by a smile, maybe it may be by a handshake, a hug, a prayer, a, a helping hand up, whatever it may be, God, help me to seek those that are looking for you. Jesus said, I have come to seek those that were lost. Thank God for somebody who has helped us to find a relationship with God. Amen? So we ask, we seek, and we knock. You knock on a door that's closed, right? You knock on a door that you don't have the key to. You knock on the door that you need opened. Can I tell you, this morning I feel God saying to somebody in this room, don't stop knocking. There are doors that are opening in our community that may have been closed. There have been doors, maybe it's an opportunity in a business to an, to an entrepreneur that's here today. You feel like you can't knock anymore, but I want you to know, don't stop knocking. Maybe it's knocking on the door that God, that you would let your face shine upon a family member that's across the country. Do not stop knocking because Jesus actually said that he is the one in Revelation that opens doors that no man can shut and he can shut doors that no man can open. Don't give up knocking. Do not give up knocking. And the amazing thing about this is even in the midst of when Jesus said about the fullness, right? About the three loaves, when the friend came and said, I need three loaves of bread. I need a fullness. I need a fullness. I need filled up. When you ask, you ask for something you wish, like you would a father or a parent, right? I ask for something that I just can't reach. It's out of my grasp. You seek something. The Holy Spirit is the, the one that reveals to us things. And then Jesus Christ is the one who stands at the door. Do you see how this even declares of what Jesus taught us about in the beginning of Luke chapter 11? That you ask, 
that you seek and that you knock even points back to the amazing Trinity, the God that we serve, God the Father, God the Son, and his Holy Spirit. Now, the best part about this is that when Jesus gets to the end, down at the end of, not of the chapter 11, but the verses that I'm going to share with you today, when he gets down toward chapter 12 and chapter 11, or verse 12 and verse 11, he says this. He says, now if you, being a son, ask for anything, if you, a son, ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give to him a stone? So when we come with our ask, when we come with our petition, he said there's this, there's this goodness even in the fallen nature of humanity that a father understands, right? That even if my son comes to me and says, dad, can I have some bread? That me as an earthly dad, would I offer him a stone? And the amazing thing about the stone and the bread, I've puzzled on this for quite a while, but they're almost similar in size, right? The father, an earthly father would never mock his son by giving him something that is going to be of no benefit, right? I would never give River if he came up to me and said, Dad, I'm really hungry. I need a sandwich. I would never give to him a stone and say, well, I hope you can do something with it. No, I would go to all ends. I would go to whatever means I have and I will give him something to eat. The same way that he even went on to say that if he asked for a scorpion or a serpent or if he asked for a fish, would you give him a scorpion or a serpent? And what that means is, would I give something that would hurt my son? Would I give him something that would sting him? And we wouldn't do that as earthly fathers. And he said, then take relief and know that how much more your heavenly father would give of those that would ask for the Holy Spirit. Jesus, in the amazing opportunity that he had with his disciples to teach them how to pray, he didn't teach them how to pray just religious prayers. He taught them how to experience the fullness of God. He taught them that there's a hurting world out there that needs some friends. And so that you have nothing to offer, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Because if you know how to do a good thing as an earthly dad, my God's got, my dad's got so much more in store for you. Having a relationship with an eternal God who is powerful, who is mighty, and who is there to save. Amen. Can we give God some glory this morning? And as we get to a close, I had a, growing up, I had a hard time trusting God. Has anybody, you don't have to raise your hand, but I had a hard time trusting God. You know, because as we're born, the Bible says we're born into sin. And so part of that is guilt and shame and condemnation and all of those things. And I had a hard time trusting in God when I was in over my head. Just like River, that was what I felt like as a young man, in over my head, not in water, but in life, in over my head. And it felt like every time I would come into the presence of God, that it just took all that was in me 
just to get myself conjured up to a place where I felt that I was good enough to get my dad's attention, to get my heavenly father's attention. Many years I would deal with this, knowing that I was in over my head, ashamed and thinking that God was ashamed of me for being in that place. Thinking that, God, how dare can I even come into your sanctuary, even into your presence where it feels like it's so holy, God? How can I, feeling like I'm in over my head, even be in your presence? And can I tell you this? That's not how the Father thinks of you at all. The Father doesn't look down at you on that place. That's the enemy that wants you to think that. What God wants to do is that you're asking, at your beckoning, at your simply looking up, lifting your head up, maybe not even knowing what's there, but saying, God, will you help me out of here? River communicated everything that he needed without communicating it. I, as an earthly father, knew how to jump in and intervene right at the right time, the same way that you, maybe you're in over your head today, I want you to know something, look up. Your help is here. Ask, seek, and knock, and do not relent. Ask seek and knock and do not relent. And every time we come back into here, Influence Church, we're, we're not dealing with our stuff anymore, but we know the God who does deal with our stuff. And it's been sealed by the blood of Jesus Christ. No more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. God so desires to give you his Holy Spirit to help you. The giver of gifts gives the greatest gift of all, his Holy Spirit. We don't focus on the gifts, but you focus on God. And when you do, and you allow him to draw you into, your pres into his presence closer, God says, let me fill you to overflowing so that when you reach and when you cross somebody's path this week, that you don't have nothing to offer, but that you're able to jump in life beside them and help them get out of their hindrance, their hesitation, whatever it is that's holding them back. Influence Church this morning, I don't know what's brought you here. And maybe it has felt like it's been something up over your head, but I want you to know something. There's, there's a God who loves you. There's a God who wants to, from the innermost part of you, burst forth so that you can keep your head up. Maybe in this place this morning, you feel like you're in over your head. And whatever it may be, whatever it may be, I just feel God saying, if they're in over their head, I want to help them. He's a God that his arm isn't too short. He spans the universes with his hand. He's here to help us. If that's you this morning, if you say, Pastor, I'm, I feel like I'm in over my head in this. I feel like I'm in over my head in that. I just need God to help me. What I want you to do is with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you this morning, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's something in your physical health, maybe it's uh, an ailment, Maybe it's something financially, maybe it's something, but I want you to know whatever it is, the enemy wants to keep you distracted with that. If you will look up, keep your eyes fixed upon him, the heavenly father who sent his only begotten son and his Holy Spirit to give you power, that by him you can get yourself over the hindrances and over the hurdles that this life would throw at you. If that's you, you'd say, Pastor, would you pray with me? Would you pray with me today? I wanna to get my life up out of this thing that seems to be drowning me. I can't help you, but I know a God who can help you. I know a Father who loves you. I know He sent His only begotten Son for you, and I know he'll, He has the power today to help you out.